Today we're going to talk about habits. Now, I don't know about you, but every morning when I get up, there's something I do without even thinking about it. I stumble out to the kitchen and I make coffee. That's the first thing I do. Get out of bed, get up, make coffee. Now, sometimes that routine varies a little bit, just depending on if Gene and I are getting up together, it'll, you know, I'll make certain kind of coffee. If, if I'm getting up before her, then there's a little bit different uh, you know, thing that happens in the morning routine. But the habit there that I have is I, I always get up and I always make coffee. And then at some point in time throughout the rest of the morning, I'll do devotion, I'll do prayer and stuff like that. And probably many of you have those same type of habits. But I love my coffee, and it's the first thing I do is I'm half asleep, walking out into the kitchen, I make coffee. So how many of you can relate to that? How many of you guys have habits that you do each and every day? It's usually a morning habit. Maybe it's an afternoon or an evening habit. Maybe before you go to bed, you have some type of habit that you do. And I, all of us, all of us have, have habits that we have in our lives. Uh, there's a, a New York seller, a New York Times bestseller book called The Power of Habit. I don't know if you've read that. It came out in 2012. I have not personally read it myself, although I do know a lot about what the book has to offer. Part of what that book says is 40% of our body's activity is habit. 40%. That's quite a lot. That is a lot of habits that we have going on in our body's activity each and every day. And some of those habits can be really good. Maybe they're a healthy habit that you have incorporated into your life, uh, working out or or eating right or or something like that. But sometimes we have habits in our lives that are damaging. And maybe not even damaging. If you're taking notes for us, I'm going to have some fill in the blanks here over the next few minutes. And if you don't have notes, there's notes available up here. Well, there was over there. I think they're not over there either. They're in the back. So if you need, they're gone. Okay. So, but you know what? This is a great commercial I can give you now. If you go to the Connect Church app, you can access the notes there during our service time. So there you go. All right. So that was a a commercial plug. All right. So some habits have the power to destroy our lives. That's what I want to say first off. Some habits we have in our lives have the power to destroy our lives. Which is why we need to read this Bible verse out of Ephesians. Now, if you remember a couple weeks ago, I gave you some homework or some next steps to read Ephesians 5 and 6. So I'm going to head to Ephesians 5 right now. So if you have a Bible, open up to Ephesians 5 or an electronic device. I'm actually going to be reading out of the NLT. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, we have some Bibles available to you back there at Connection Counter. Uh, You can have it. You can use it. If you don't have one at home, it's yours to keep. So we see Ephesians 5. I'm going to start at verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those that are wise. And I'm going to have a chart, and that's in your notes too. There's going to be a chart here. Okay, this is going to be the fool side. Okay, I'm sure everybody can agree with that, that that's the fool side. And this is going to be the wise side over here. So we're going to talk about what a fool does and what a wise person does. Jumping down into verse 17 next, verse 17 says this, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, 
because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I just want to stop there just for a second. So we take a look at our chart here. Fools act thoughtlessly. Uh, Paul says, drunk with wine. And basically that's habits. He could have picked any habit. He he could have picked uh, smoking cigarettes. He could have picked pornography. He could have picked eating too much pie in one sitting, eating a half, half a pie in a sitting, right? But what he, what he chose is he chose alcohol, and he, so he said, don't get drunk with wine. But that represents for us bad habits that we might have in our lives. And what all that does is that leads to a ruined life. That leads to a ruined life. But on the other side, we see wise, and we see if the fools act thoughtlessly, but wise people understand God's will. Wise people understand God's will. And if we go to the next slide, we'll see that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're wise. But if you're drunk with wine, and which leads to a ruined life, then you're a fool. And so that's kind of what we're seeing here in this portion of Ephesians. Now let me continue reading. It says in verse 19, be filled, okay, seven, uh, 18 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. 19 says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts, a joyful, God-rewarding life. That's what we see here. So the wise person understands God's will, is filled with the Holy Spirit, and that leads to a joyful, God-rewarding life. And so here we see the contrast in Ephesians of what it means to act like a fool or live like a fool or live like a wise person and use that in your life. Incorporate those things into your life. So why are habits so powerful? That's a really good question. And it's something that I was thinking about as we were researching this and thinking about this message is why are habits so powerful? Well, there was that book that I talked about the power of habits. And I have just a little bit of a clip for us to watch that takes part of that thought process of that book and shows us a little bit about that here in this video. Watch this video. So there we go. We just, we learn a little bit about habits in our lives and and neurologically what's, what's going on, uh, you know, in our thought process and, and how that affects our neuro systems that we have working working in our brains. So I want to break that down just for a moment for us before we move on, because I think this is, there's something to this science, so to speak, of what we're talking about here with habits. We, they talked about the cue first. They talked about the cue. And the cue can be anything that triggers that habitual behavior. Uh, it could be hunger. It could be anger. It could be loneliness. Uh, or it could be feeling tired. If you know anything about counseling or any kind of addiction counseling, there's an acrostic that counselors use, and it's called HALT, H-A-L-T, hunger, anger, lonely, tired. And so that has a lot to do with our habits and the triggers and the cues that we're talking about here that might trigger that bad habit. The next thing we have is the behavior. And now the behavior can be anything that will make you think that you're going to feel better by doing it. We've talked about alcohol. We talked about cigarettes. We talked about pie. And I mentioned porn. So that is ACPP. If you want another acrostic, it's ACPP. Alcohol, cigarettes, pie, porn. All right. But what is it for you? Maybe you don't relate to those things. 
what, and that's funny. Yeah. So what is it for you? It could be prescription drugs. That, that could be something that's addictive. That could be working in your life is prescri- prescription drugs. Or something that I was really focused on as I was studying this is time wasters. Time wasters in our lives can be really bad habits. Social media, Facebook, just getting lost in Facebook for hours on end. Maybe Netflix binge watching. Now, I I did that recently, but I was sick. So what else was I going to do but binge watch Netflix, right? But I mean, if we make that, uh, uh, you know, an every week occurrence in our lives, we can lose four, six, eight, ten hours. What a time waster that is in our lives. Or maybe for you, it's video gaming. You know, maybe maybe it's going online and, and blowing everybody up with, you know, everybody else around the world. I don't know. You know, I've never gotten into that. I mean, I like video games and I play them sometimes and stuff, but I've never, never got into that type of video gaming. Or maybe it's gambling. I mean, here in Montana, you got a casino on every corner, right? Maybe, maybe it's gambling for you. But whatever it is for you, we can lose days. We can lose money. We can lose a lot of things when we have these bad habits operating in our lives. And then the last thing then is that there's a reward. There's some type of reward at, at the end of this. A lot of times, you know, they, they use the word buzz. There's some kind of a buzz from nicotine, right? Or, or drinking your sorrows away, your misery away with alcohol or whatever it is. But there's some type of reward that we want at the end of the day. So what is it for you? Maybe it's a rush of adrenaline. I don't know. But there's some reward there at the end. And that's kind of how the habit is broken down to that cue behavior reward. Now, some of these things can be good. Like I said, you know, you can work out, you can eat healthy, and there's a recue and a behavior and a reward for all that. So, but what we're talking about today specifically is bad habits and how they take over our lives and, and kind of what they do to us. They destroy our lives. The drunkenness, maybe that has broke up your family. Uh, The cigarettes, the nicotine is destroying your body in some way, shape, or form. Maybe the pie is making it difficult for you to climb three or four flights of stairs because the extra weight that you're packing on because of that pie. Or maybe the porn is destroying your relationships and it's destroying your life. At that point in time, when we have these things operating in our lives that are destructive, we need a restart. We need a restart. And that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of our time together is how do we restart those habits in our lives? There is some good news. There's always good news when we talk about this. And here's your thought, your takeaway. Sometimes we call it the big idea. I'm going to call it the takeaway today. Here's your takeaway for today. Temptation is strong. That's true. God's power is stronger. Temptation is strong, but God's power is stronger. And whenever we think of temptation, a lot of times if you've been around the church for any length of time, you might think of the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And that's exactly where I want to head to today as we continue on with our teaching. Let's go ahead and go to Luke in chapter 4. Now, if you're following along with us in the, in the God, uh, the speak part two that we're doing is devotional. Um, we actually read the temptation this morning in Matthew, but 
But I want us to go to Luke because Luke has some specific things to say that really gives us a key into this habit, this temptation, and God's power. Starting in Luke 4, starting in verse 1. I'm not going to read all 14 verses, but I'm just, I'm just going to start off in verse 1. Then Jesus, who was full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. And if you don't know the story, the reason he was returning from the Jordan River is because John the Baptist had just got done baptizing him. And during his baptism, the dove that symbolized the Holy Spirit fell on him and God the Father spoke out of heaven. So there we saw God the Father, or heard God the Father, saw the Holy Spirit as a dove, and we saw Jesus the Son in that event of Jesus' baptism. So this is right after that. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. So he was filled with the Spirit and he was led by the Spirit. Verse 2, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and he became very hungry. Well, if you remember our thing, our halt, that's one of the cues that we talked about earlier. So he was very hungry. In verse 3, we see, The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. So what do we see happening here? We see that this cue of hunger now is kind of operating in Jesus's life. He was very hungry. So the enemy, the devil is trying to take advantage of that because he knows that if he can entice Jesus to make that stone into a bread, that he will be satisfied and he'll feel better, which is the reward, the behavior, and then the reward that we talked about earlier, the cue, the behavior, and the reward. So the enemy is really trying to get Jesus with this. But what does Jesus do? Jesus says this. He identified it as a temptation. And in verse 4, Jesus says this. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. So right there, he extinguished that temptation that the enemy was trying to tempt him with in his life. So even for Jesus, the temptation was strong. I mean, he was hungry, but God's power was stronger. Next, Satan tries to tempt Jesus to bow down and worship him, and he'll give him all the glory and everything due him here on earth. But what does Jesus say again? He says, he says no. And in verse 8, he says this, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So once again, he turns the tables and he remains strong through that temptation. Then there's a third temptation. And this time the enemy tries to tell Jesus to throw himself off a pinnacle and to test God's power and the angels will catch him and they won't have anything happen to him and all this stuff. But what does Jesus do again? He says no again and he quotes another scripture. And, and maybe if you've been around church, you've heard uh, uh, other teachers or preachers talk about the importance of knowing the Bible. Like Jesus knew the scripture, so he was able to combat Satan, or the enemy, with the Bible. And that's true. That's really a good thing to have operating in our lives is understanding what the word of God says so we can use that in times of the halt where we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. But I want us to see something a little different today. Jump down to verse 13. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until a next opportunity came. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. So what am I seeing here? What are we seeing here? 
Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit before, during, and after the temptation. I think that's significant. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit before, during, and after the temptation. Temptation is strong, once again, our thought for the day, but God's power is much, much stronger. But sometimes when we read the Bible, and especially when we're talking about Jesus, sometimes our mind plays a little bit of a trick on us, and we say, well, yes, but but that was Jesus that did that. And so when we think like that, what, what are we really saying? What, what's, what's really going on in our minds? Well, I think what we're saying is that we still feel powerless in our lives sometimes when this temptation comes or when we're found in these situations. We feel powerless over alcohol. We feel powerless over nicotine. We feel powerless over apple pie or whatever your favorite pie is. Or we feel powerless over the pull of pornography or whatever it is for you in your life. You feel powerless. And I'm really talking about the word feel because that's what it is. It it is a feeling. It's not reality. It's a feeling that we have going on in our lives because of this halt thing. But the reality is, is that the power we have available to us rose Jesus from the dead. And we've been talking about that, uh, referencing that portion of the Bible for quite a few weeks or a couple months now. That's the reality. But we feel these things sometimes. And you know what? When we feel, why do we feel powerless? That's the next question. Why do we have this feeling of powerless, power, powerlessness? Because Willpower is not enough to kick those habits. Willpower is just not enough. Willpower is good. It kind of gets us started. I mean, it's good for some things, but eventually willpower ends and we're left with more of a mess than we were before. The key is God's power. Once again, temptation is strong, but God's power is stronger. I want to take us to another verse, this time in Romans, Romans 8, 11. And it's what I just made mention of a few moments ago. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I want us all to repeat that. Will you repeat that with me? Come on. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Let's read that one more time and change the you to me. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. That's powerful right there. That is what it's all about. And then and he goes on to say, And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you and living within me. So the question that I have is, if we really tapped into that power, and this was at the forefront of our minds each and every day, each and every moment of our lives, what would our lives look like? It would be totally different, I'm sure. This is a struggle that all of us go through. 
is realizing that and knowing in our brains that we have that power available to us, but the disconnect with applying that power in our lives each and every day. The moment we get into doing that in our lives, we will have victory in every area of our lives consistently throughout our life. That's the key. That's what we're talking about today. So what I want to do here is a little Q&A real quick. The question that I have is, why was Jesus full of the Holy Spirit before, during, and after temptation? Well, because he was part God, right? I mean, he's God and man all together. But what was he doing? He was tapping into that power through prayer. That's the answer. He was praying all the time. He was praying all the time. He was always had the Holy Spirit operating in his life because he was tapped into that Holy Spirit through prayer. We can do the same thing in our lives. How can we access the power of the Holy Spirit? We need to pray before, during, and after temptation. We need to pray before, during, and after temptation. And as we have prayer as that consistent thing in our lives, then God's power will be operating in our lives all the time. Now here's our, the action step for today is changing this cue that we talked about earlier or, 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 or the, from the video that we talked about earlier. And, and what, it, what it said is it's had cue, behavior, and reward, which is still true. That's just a concept. But what I'd like to have us take a look at is changing that to pray, cue, pray, behavior, and pray, reward. That's where we need to live. We need to live right here in this, in this moment each and every day of our lives where we're praying and then that cue happens and then we pray again and then maybe that behavior happens and we pray again. That's what it's all about, relying upon God's spirit, not relying upon those bad habits we have operating in our lives to give us that reward at the end of the day. Now, a lot of times, uh, what, that, what that video also talked about is, is, and part of the process was the reward. Like if you wanted to have a good behavior in your life, like maybe working out, the book suggested having a little piece of chocolate after you work out. So you're tricking your brain into that little reward at the end of the day. You know, you work out, work real hard, blah, 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 and just have a little bit of chocolate at the end and kind of trick yourself. Now, you know, that, that probably works and that's probably good, but that's not what I'm talking about, about tricking us for that reward. What I'm talking about is having God's power operating in our lives all the time, consistently. Just like I talked about Carol Nelson's life was a life marked of consistency in his life. We consistently need to have the power of the Spirit operating in our lives. And that comes through prayer. But the last question I want to talk about as we're talking about this is, well, what if I fail? That's always rolling around in the back of our minds. Well, what if I fail? What if I choose the wrong behavior? What if I go and have a six-pack? Or what if I have a, a pack of smokes? Or what if I eat that whole pie? Or what if I spend an hour with pornography? What if I fail? You know, a, a lot of times, um, I mean, the Bible is just so clear sometimes. 
in Jonah chapter 2, verse 8, we, we learn a principle here. And a lot of times, if you've been around the Bible for any length of time, you know Jonah is always talking about in the belly of a whale and Nineveh, the city he didn't want to go to and all this other stuff. But packed all in that is Jonah 2.8. Jonah 2.8 says this, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. I'm going to read that again because that is important to understand. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. So if we read this carefully, it's not saying that God withdraws his mercy from us even when maybe we choose bad habits. What, what it says is it says that we tend to turn our backs on God's mercy when we find ourselves in these situations where we've blown it, where we've made a mistake, where we've done whatever, ACPP, whatever it is for you, instead of running towards God to get that forgiveness operating again in our lives and being reconnected the way we were before we turn our backs on God. That's not our God. Our God does nev- never turns his back on us. He is always there for us, extending grace and mercy. Part of our brains, we're like, well, we can abuse that. Well, you know what? M- maybe, but not if your heart is true towards God and you make a mistake and you stumble and fall down, but you quickly get back up and you quickly run back to him for his grace and his mercy and forgiveness, he will give it to you. And when I think of the Bible, I think of David. The King David made a lot of big, huge mistakes. But the thing he had consistently operating in his life is he had his heart towards God. He went back for forgiveness. Sometimes it took a little bit, but he went back and he was normally quick to ask for that forgiveness in his life. That's what we need to do. We need to understand that temptation is strong and maybe we succumb to it, but God's power is stronger on two fronts. On the one front, if we have the Holy Spirit operating in our lives, then we won't be tempted. But on the second front, if we do fall and fail, he's there to lift us back up and to restore us. And that's what Easter was all about, was that restoration and having that spirit power restoring in our lives once again. Once again, temptation is strong, but God's power is so much stronger. The most important time for us to pray, well, it's important to pray all the time, but especially when we blow it, that's when we need to run towards him in prayer. Ask for that forgiveness. Repent turn away from that sin in our lives and go 180 degrees in the other direction. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead operates in your life and in mine. That blows me away still. That is a powerful, powerful verse. And it's not just possible. It is reality and it happens each and every day. And for those of us in this room that have experienced that forgiveness, at salvation, and then that forgiveness when we've blown it, we know what this means to us in our lives. 
It is possible. It happens each and every day. And if you're struggling in an area of your life this morning, it can happen to you this morning. Do you need a restart? Is there something in your life that is a bad, would classify as a bad habit where you need a restart in your life? If you do, today's the day. This is the morning for you. Let's bow in his presence for prayer. Father God, I thank you so much for the forgiveness that you offer us, God. And it starts with us admitting that we need forgiveness, first of all. And God, maybe there are many here among us that have never asked for that forgiveness. You extend that forgiveness to us right now. I thank you so much for that forgiveness. Thank you so much that Jesus paid the penalty for my sin so that I can experience that forgiveness in my life. So the first question I have for each one of us is do you need a restart in your life with Jesus? That's number one. Do you need a restart in your life with Jesus? Maybe this is the first time or or maybe you need a a re-restart. If that's you, I want you to pray as I pray over all, all of us. I want you to pray this prayer. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. It's a personal thing, God. It's my sin. And now I believe that Jesus was the sacrifice. And as I ask for your forgiveness, all of my sins are taken away. And I do that right now. I repent of my sin. And God, I ask that you would reorder the steps of my life. Give me a restart this morning so that I might follow after you, be led by your spirit, and live that abundant life that you have for me. I repent, I believe it, and I ask you to change my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. As we're still bowed in his presence, I'm going to ask the the prayer team to move over to where we hung the cross a few weeks ago. And we're going to spend some time in prayer. And as we're bowed in his presence and as we're still talking about this, I would just pray a prayer over you. Father God, I would pray for each one that's here today that if we need a restart in our lives and in some area of our life, that I ask for that right now. God, I know I've blown it. I need your forgiveness. I need a restart of a habit in my life. God, and I know that through your power, all things are possible. Father God, as as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, I have the Holy Spirit in me. It's the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. I have that power available to me right now. So I ask that you would help me in my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. We're going to spend some time in worship. And and many times it's just good for us to go and and just get prayer and have somebody agree with us. You don't have to give a whole explanation. You can just say, pray for me, I'm struggling. 
I got this thing going on. I need some, I need some prayer. And, and, and these folks just want to lay hands on you and just, just come alongside of you, give you an encouragement, lift your prayer up to the Lord. It's all about being a family. I know for Gene and I, we, we, before we knew Jesus, we smoked. We smoked for years and years. We started as kids. And we tried to quit again and again and again, and it just, it didn't work. It was willpower. Tried to quit on willpower. But then Jesus came into our lives. And it didn't happen overnight. It took a couple few weeks. I think Gene quit a couple weeks before I did. But I remember that time when I said, you know what? The only way I'm going to kick this habit is by tapping into God's power. We were only saved, like I said, a couple weeks a month. That was one of the first things that I knew is that the Holy Spirit will give me power in my life. And what we did is we just threw all the cigarettes away. Was it easy? No. Well, you went through withdrawals for about five days. At least I did. Five sleepless nights I had. But every time I woke up, I said, Jesus, help me. Holy Spirit, give me the strength. I just say statement prayers like that video showed us earlier. You don't have to spend an hour on your knees. I mean, if you can, that's great. But you don't, you know, we just need to say prayers as we go throughout our day. Just help me, God. Help me, Jesus, in this moment of weakness, whatever it is. And after that, after that addiction, the nicotine addiction went away, was it easy? No, it still wasn't easy because I had that mental thing going on. It was funny. I, after dinner, I'd be like, man, I'm forgetting to do something. What am I forgetting to do? I'm like, I'm forgetting to have a cigarette. <laughs> Thank God I forgot about that. Jesus, help me reorchestrate my mind. Like what they were talking about in that video changed my neural pathways to where I don't even think about that anymore. And he was faithful. Took a couple months to get my neural pathways changed. I do not want a cigarette today. It's been 20-something years. It's because the power of the Spirit tapping into that power in my life and in Gene's life. We have the same story. It's amazing. So let's spend some time in prayer. We got, we, we got some time. The prayer team's available. If you just want to pray, uh, you know, and worship, that's fine too. But if you need prayer, if you need somebody to come alongside of you, prayer team's available for you today. Ryan's going to lead us in a, in a worship song and then he's going to dismiss us when he feels that we're ready to go. So God bless you. Have a good week.